Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram and TikTok. And today we are going to recap the Giants-Eagles game. The Giants fell to Philadelphia 22-16. to They played a lot of second and third string guys. And you know what? There's some good stuff to talk about, but the best thing that we're going to talk about is that the Giants are playing the Minnesota Vikings in round one of the playoffs in Minnesota. I think for a lot of people, this game was not not as cared about as we normally would, which is pretty amazing. And I thought about that earlier today. Is this what it's like to be a Chiefs fan or, you know, a Bengals fan in the last couple of years where the last game doesn't really matter? I mean, it, it must be nice, right? So it was kind of uh, a treat to not be wildly stressed out the entire game, especially in the last two minutes, wondering what is going to happen. And, you know, I know, I know a lot of people, too, felt like we should have played the starters and yada, yada, yada. But overall, I think walking away from the Giants' loss to the Eagles, I almost felt like it was a win. And I know some people are going to be like, you're insane. But, I mean, what we saw from a lot of the players was wildly impressive. You guys, they held the Eagles to 22 points. And we're going to get more into this when we talk about the defense. But... The Philadelphia Eagles, who scored 48 points against us one month ago, now could only score one touchdown against our red zone defense. And that didn't include Leo, Aziz, Adori, Julian Love, Sexy Dexy. I mean, the list goes on. So anyway, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff that we can highlight out of the game, even though it was a loss. You know, it wasn't as devastating a loss as I think the first game was, especially for me. I hope you guys feel the same. But overall, um, you know, I, I I was relatively happy with the way that things went. So Tyrod Taylor didn't play. It was all on Davis Webb. And I think a lot of us might have felt like after the first series and then Philly, you know, the Giants start with the ball. They go through it three and out. Philly gets the ball, seems to march right on down the field. And before we know it, it's 19 nothing. And I'm, I'm just thinking, please don't let this be a blowout. Just please. You know, anything is better than that. So, uh, you know, the Giants came back from the half. They scored 16 points in the second half of the game. And, you know, it was close. If they... If the onside kick in the towards the end of the fourth quarter would have went their way, I mean, we could be talking about a totally different scenario today. But listen, it is what it is. I um, I think overall we should be really proud of the way that a lot of these guys played. Davis Webb got his first ever touchdown. It was his first start in the NFL. Kenny Galladay had the best touchdown catch I've ever seen from him. Probably the best catch of his career. No doubt one of the best catches from any Giants players this year. I mean, just amazing. Gary Brightwell had a great day. Matt Breida had a great day. Lawrence Cager had a great day. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that we can talk about coming out of this game, even though it was a loss. So, um, you know, let's start with Davis Webb. Look, they didn't play Tyrod, which I think was the right move. It's it's crazy to think that if Tyrod played, we could have beat the Eagles probably by 
more than a field goal, but I think it was the right decision. At the end of the day, the playoffs is what matters most, and the fact that we are playing a Minnesota team that we lost by only three points at the end of the game to a longest kick ever for the kicker, you know, I mean, I just don't know how you can't feel optimistic going into this Minnesota game. So anyway, back to the original point was that Tyrod didn't play and I and I'm totally okay with that you know obviously we have seen in the last couple of years that Daniel Jones has suffered some injuries and in the off chance knock on wood that he happens to suffer an injury during the playoffs we need to have our good successful backup ready to go and that is Tyrod so Davis Webb went 23 for 40 for 168 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, and zero sacks. And again, we are talking about third, second and third string offensive linemen who I was very concerned that Davis Webb was going to get absolutely annihilated out there. And, you know, he got close a couple times and it was great that he could escape the pocket. I mean, thank God. So, um, listen, I, you know, He's a third string for a reason, but I think he did the best that he could with what he was dealt with. And overall, you know, it is what it is. I think he had a pretty good day, all things considered. Let's talk about the rushing attack. Uh, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know I talk about Gary Brightwell pretty much every week. I just love him. I don't know what it is. There's just just something about him. I love him. I want to root for him. You know, I want him to be the number two back behind Saquon next year. Matt Breida is only on a one-year deal. I love Breida too. I would love to see him come back. But in the chance that he doesn't, I want Gary Brightwell to be number two two. So he had 11 carries for 60 yards. His longest was 25. Davis Webb had six carries for 41 yards. And the longest one was that touchdown run. And then Matt Breida had four carries for 28 yards. So overall, the rushing attempts were 21 carries for 129 yards and one touchdown. Um, you know, not great. Not terrible, but either way, for the game that was played and how close that we were able to keep it, I think, um, you know, it wasn't all that bad. Let's talk about the receivers. Lawrence Cager had, out of 10 targets, he had eight receptions for 69 yards. Marcus Johnson, out of six targets, had three receptions for 36 yards. And I will say that Marcus Johnson frustrated me a little bit yesterday. And I think it's just kind of a reminder of why we haven't really seen him so much. I know we could say this about all of the receivers that, you know, they struggle with catching the ball every time. But um, some of those catches, man, that went off his hands. I was just like, dude, you have got to catch those. Um, but look, three for 36, it is what it is. Galladay had, you know, someone else who needs to catch the ball when it comes his way. Out of seven targets, he had two receptions for 30 yards. And of course, the touchdown, which was a glorious, beautiful, absolutely wonderful catch in the corner of the end zone, one-handed when he was getting absolutely mauled by Darius Slay. Um, you know, some of the balls that were thrown his way, uh, you know, just good defense, especially that one. I don't remember if it was a third down, but that one where one of the Philadelphia guys just got right in between. And thank God he didn't intercept it because it probably would have been a pick six. But listen, we, I say this week in and week out, every receiver needs to be more consistent in catching the ball. Um, Nick Vanett, who's the tight end we picked up a couple weeks ago, out of four targets, had two receptions for 18 yards. Burita, out of eight targets, had seven receptions for 12 yards. And Gary Brightwell, out of three targets, had one reception for three yards. So overall, their receiving was 23 receptions for 168 yards and one touchdown. So um, listen, 
it is what it is. Uh, again, overall, I just, I, I'm not disappointed in this loss. Is it a little disappointing feeling like we could have beat the Eagles? Yes. I would say if an, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm more disappointed that I, that the game was that close against a preseason team. That's embarrassing if I'm an Eagles fan. So, you know, I would rather not be them today than be us, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, you know, they got the number one seed, but it worked out for us because we get to play Minnesota instead of San Fran. So I will take that. Now, I'm not going to lie. Of course, I would have liked to see the Eagles drop all the way down to the number five seed. But what matters most is there is a good chance that we are going to play them in round two of the playoffs. And I know that walking out of that game yesterday, that majority, if not all, Giants fans are coming out of that game thinking we can beat the Eagles. They are not nearly they are not nearly as scary as they were a few weeks ago. Jalen Hurts is obviously not 100%. They lost a couple guys due to injury and you know we're going to have all of our starters back and especially coming off the confidence of a win after Minnesota, there's no reason why we couldn't beat Philly. And and that's how I felt when I wasn't that upset at that the starters weren't going to play because I want to beat Philly when it counts. And that is going to be in the second round of the playoffs. And there is no reason why we can't do it. There's just not. Our defense kept A.J. Brown to under 100 yards yesterday. Under 100 yards. I mean, I don't think they did that the first time around. Let's just say that. I mean, they definitely didn't based on the fact that they scored 48 points, but still. So... Um, listen, the offense was what it was. I, to me, it was, I saw some pretty good bright spots. I'm happy for Davis Webb that he got that awesome touchdown run. Very happy for Kenny Galladay and Lawrence Cager that they both had great days. You know, when we talk about the defense, we'll talk about a lot of guys who really stepped up and played well and was exciting to watch, especially against a team like the Eagles. So, you know, I think overall coming out of this, I really feel like, again, the coaching is absolutely incredible. And what they have done with our second and third string guys is absolutely amazing. Can you imagine when we have good talent on this team? Can you imagine when we have two other good wide receivers, what this offense is going to look like? I mean, this is like the stuff been dreaming about for the last however many years, you know? So Anyway, I'll close it off there with the offense, but I just hope that coming out of yesterday's game, I think from what I have seen across the board on social that a lot of Giants fans are not really upset by it. It seems like Eagles fans are a little more upset that, you know, they almost lost to the Giants. So, which, listen, it's not only the Giants, it's the Giants' second and third stringers. And in the, you know, we can touch on this with special teams, but I mean, the game would have been... 22-21, if they got the two-point conversion and instead of doing some weird thing on, I think it was a 53-yard field goal attempt, they're trying some trick play, which, you know, I'm sure that Dable did it for a reason. And again, we'll get into this with special teams, but I mean, it very well could have been 22-21, which... If I was an Eagles fan, I would have been like, oh man, this is really embarrassing. So, you know. Anyway, uh, again, overall, not a bad day for the offense, but it was an even better day for the defense. Wink Martindale, 
is is a magician, is a genius, is I don't know how else to describe him, but he is absolutely incredible. The way that he changes things up week after week, what he has done when I read you guys the names of the defensive players who got 61 total tackles, three sacks, and five tackles for loss, I swear to God, you're not going to believe me. It is just incredible. And now that the Cardinals head coach was fired, there's a lot of talk about maybe Wink going over there. And I just need everyone to make a wish, to say a prayer, whatever type of good energy you can put out into this world that Wink does not go anywhere. Because what he's done with this defense is remarkable. And again, I I mean, I think about him and Kafka all the time and just the way that both sides of the ball are going to absolutely level up and take a huge, monstrous step forward next year with more talent, it's going to be unbelievable. So let's all pray that Wink doesn't go anywhere. I know he wants a head coaching job, but listen, if I were him, and obviously I'm a little biased, I look at what I did with this unremarkable roster and say, imagine what I could do next year. We could be, you know, we could be on the way to a Super Bowl. So I I hope that's what he's thinking, but we'll find out soon enough. Anyway, let's talk about the defensive team leaders in tackles. Rodarius Williams. I've been saying this for weeks, you guys. I I don't know what's going on. There's, you know, I'm hearing mixed things about whatever with Rodarius. You know, I think that the tweet was one thing. I think that they're all over it. But um, he led the team, him and Jared Davis, another guy who's been on the team for like a week maximum. They each had 10 total tackles. 10! Each of them against the Eagles, the Eagles starters that we forced to play for 60 full minutes. They each had 10 tackles. I mean, I just don't know how you can look at that and and, and just be not be amazed by it. It's it's absolutely incredible. And I've been a fan of Rodarius, too. I was happy that he's back this year. Um, you know, from what I've heard, Paul Dettino said something along the lines of, you know, they like him in coverage, but he's not a good tackler. And, you know, my argument with that is we have an excellent coaching staff. Can't they teach him how to tackle better? And I know it sounds so simple and it's not that simple, but we've seen what the coaching staff has done with literally every single player on this team and how they have gone from being a mediocre player to well above average considering they're playing well above their X's and O's and what their talent level is. And that goes back on coaching every single time. So anyway, I hope we see more of Rodarius Williams after this game. Jared Davis, one thing we also need to talk about him is he had half a sack and one tackle for loss. Beautiful day for Jared Davis. What a way to really make an entrance with Giants fans. You know, I I don't think we saw him at all last week. If we did, it was not a lot. So he really had a breakout game yesterday, and I hope that we see more of him in the playoffs. Micah Micah McFadden, someone who also was dealing with an injury, he's a rookie this year, stepped up yesterday. Seven total tackles, six solo, one sack, and two tackles for loss. And I know he's he's kind of been a little hit or miss, and I think yesterday was a good breakout game for him. And he's another guy, you know, when we talk about these young guys like him and Rodarius Williams and Dane Belton and Tomon Fox and Cordell Flott, it's just... 
you know, you look at what they're doing in their first season where a couple of them really dealt with injuries and had some setbacks and things like that. And to just feel like this is only the beginning for them. I mean, I just don't know how you couldn't possibly be excited about what our defense is going to grow into. It's just, this is the beginning. I'm just, I'm going to keep saying it, but it is just so, I mean, it's just awesome. It's just so exciting. Also, let me say that Nick McLeod, Tomon Fox, Dane Belton, Micah McFadden, Jared Davis, and Rodarius Williams all had more tackles than James Bradbury. I didn't know everyone's been disappointed about Bradbury. I totally get it. I was bummed to see him go. Obviously, you know, we couldn't afford him and whatnot, but listen, our guys had a good day yesterday. Dane Belton, who another guy that I was super happy to see back, had um, six tackles, five solo, and an interception. That was glorious. That was his second interception on the year. This is why I want him on the field. He's got good hands. He can watch the ball and he knows what the hell he's doing. So please, I want to see more of Dane Belton. I know he had the broken collarbone and then he had a little bit of a setback. He's back. Let's use him. Next up, Tomon Fox, an undrafted free agent that seemingly came out of nowhere. Five total tackles, three solo, one. Oh, sorry, wrong line. Five total tackles, five solo, and one tackle for loss. Great game for Tomon Fox. I'm excited to, he's another guy I'm excited to see more of. Um, you know, obviously, I think he needs some improvement, but I think what we've seen from him so far is he can be an impact player when he's out there. And he makes it known that he's on the field. And I love that. Next up, Nick McLeod, five total tackles, three solo, one and a half sacks for Nick McLeod. Now, him and Jason Pinnock, I have ripped on here and there, which, listen, when the when the ball gets thrown and it's in your hands, you need to catch it. And I'm sorry, I am, I am going to keep saying that until you catch it and get the interception, you need to catch it. But outside of that, these guys have been awesome. They have been good at making tackles. They're better in coverage. Listen, they're not a Dory Jackson, but again, they're doing the best they can and they're playing above the X's and O's because of Wink Martindale. All goes back to the coaching. Um, so Jason Pinnock had four total tackles. Cordell Flott had three. Landon Collins had three. Tony Jefferson had two. O'Shane Zimenez had two. Henry Monzo had two. Justin Ellis had one. And Ryder Anderson had one. So again, you guys, 61 total tackles, 48 solo, three sacks, and five tackles for loss. Now, when I look at the Eagles stats, they had... 54 total tackles, four solo, two sacks, and five tackles for loss. So, you know, overall, we are matching up, even playing slightly better than a team like Philly. We are playing better than their defense, and they are, you know, the number one seed in the NFC. So just just an overall excellent day for the defense. I mean, you just can't not be excited about them after seeing what they did yes yesterday. And again, a lot of these guys are so young. And the the potential that they have to just grow into impact superstar players for this Giants defense just makes me excited. Before we talk about special teams, we need to talk about the most important statistic that came out of yesterday's game. And do you know what that was? There were no defensive pass interference calls on the Giants. And do you want to know why? 
It's because Darnay Holmes was on the bench. That's it. That's the only reason. Because do you want to know why? Part two, Darnay Holmes leads our team in penalties, mostly defensive pass interference. So having him on the bench uh, did us a lot of help. So I hope the coaching staff understands that they need to do that next week too because he gets penalties. Not only are they huge penalties like DPIs that cost us 15 yards, they are at the worst possible time in the game and somehow seem to manage to lose the game for us. So please... To anyone on the coaching staff, if you happen to listen to this, please do not play Darnay Holmes next week. Please save us. Just, just keep the guys in who succeeded yesterday. Let them play over Darnay. Oh, special teams. <laughs> sometimes there's good things to say about them, and sometimes there's not good things to say about them. Let's start with my beloved Gary Brightwell and Graham Gano. So Gary Brightwell had two kickoff returns. Uh, 64 yards, the longest one was 40. There were no punt returns. And then Graham Gano went one for one on the field goal attempt and one for one or four for four on extra points. I feel like that stat is not right, but that's what I'm reading. Um, so and then Jamie Gillen, six punts for 264 yards, and the longest was 54. He had zero inside the 20, but he also had zero touchbacks. So I'll take that. I would prefer some inside the 20, but again, you know, this is one of the complaints that we've had about Gillen all year long is he's he's not Mr. Consistent. So let's talk about the trick play. And listen, that and the onside kick, I understand what they're doing. I get what they were going for. I think it's a little interesting that they decided to go that route in week 18 instead of kind of whipping it out in the playoffs to surprise our competitors. But I think that maybe they, maybe they did that on purpose, right? Like they did that to try and confuse Minnesota and have them think that, you know, this could be the path that we take when we play them. I don't know. Um, either way, I didn't particularly like it. Uh, you know, of course, missed opportunities or missed opportunities. So yes, we could have easily had another three points on the board. Graham Gano is automatic, excellent kicker every time. So, you know, going for a trick play there is maybe not what I would have done. Um, I am obviously not the coach, but you know, we'll, we'll see what they do from here on out. Um, for those of you who missed it, they decided on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal to do some sort of trick play. So Jamie Gillen was supposed to throw the ball when I guess Graham Gano or whoever got open and instead he got tackled. Uh, he was running for his life and got tackled and didn't throw the ball. So I, I don't really know what happened there. If the Eagles, you know, knew what was coming as soon as it happened. Uh, if he's not that fast, if, you know, no one was open or he couldn't scan the field fast enough. I don't know. Either way, it didn't work and we lost out on three points. I don't think that that's something that we're going to see that regularly. I would like to see it executed well next time they do it. So, um, so we'll see. Let's briefly touch on Minnesota. I feel like there's not that much to say about special teams. To me, the highlight of this game is the defense and what they did. So when we talk about Minnesota, 
Let's see what this defense can do against that. In case you missed it, with the Niners winning, the Eagles winning, and Minnesota winning, Minnesota took the number three spot in the NFC, so the Giants will travel out there to play the Vikings on Sunday, January 15th at 4.30 p.m. It is the first playoff game for the New York Giants in six years, and I mean, I don't know how you can't be excited about this matchup. If there is any team in the NFC that I would want to play in round one, it is the Vikings hands down. There is no, there's no other team that I would want to play. Beating Minnesota is going to give this team enough motivation, confidence, whatever it is you need to go in there and stomp on Philly. So when the Giants played Minnesota back on Christmas Eve, they lost by a field goal. Their kicker hit a 61-yarder, which we're all too familiar with, that this kicker who's never kicked anything over 58 yards just so happens to kick a 61-yarder as the clock runs out and makes it right through the uprights and the Giants lose by three. If you missed that, we would have went to overtime. And I honestly feel like the Giants would have won that game. But they are going to get their redemption this Sunday. So I want to, for a minute, go back to the stats from when they played each other on Christmas Eve. I, you know, the biggest thing, too, and, you know, we talked about it with the Eagles game, Minnesota was averaging 30 points a game. And we kept them to 27. And, you know, I think there's there's been concern about this offense, especially going into this game. There's no way we're going to hit 30 points and, you know, their defense and blah, 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 blah. Well, it's a new game. It's a new time. We scored 38 points against the Colts, who has, I think, a better defense than the Vikings. The Vikings defense is not that great. I mean, the Colts put up 33 points against them. So... I, you know, I think that's why a lot of us are not, well, that's one of the reasons why a lot of us are not all that concerned about this. I really feel confident, especially after the performance that we saw from this offense against the Colts, that there is no reason why we can't put up 24 points or more and add on a defensive touchdown, an interception, some sort of turnover. Now, in the first game, Jones had an interception and Kirk didn't have any. But here's the thing with Kirk Cousins is... When our front four get to him and stress him out, he's going to make mistakes. And that means that we're going to have the opportunity for either fumbles or interceptions. And I really feel like this defense is going to scare the shit out of him. So, you know, we are going to have our front four back. We should have a Dory Jackson back. McKinney is back. I mean, it's just... It's just exciting. I just feel like Kirk Cousins is going to get sacked at least twice. Um, I would like one of them to be a sack fumble, and I would also like to see a pick six. So Landon Collins, if you need to repeat it, all for it. Kayvon, if you want to do it, Aziz, I don't care who it is. We need a pick six in this game. There is nothing that will rile up that crowd and this team like something like a force fumble, a strip sack, pick six, an interception, anything. And I, you know, I just feel like after we've seen since that game, we have really seen overall improvement on this team across the board. 
that I feel like this offense is going to come out and they're going to be dominant. (coughs) And, you know, I think especially after the Colts performance that everyone feels like Daniel Jones has really leveled up and not only leveled him up, look at what he's done with his receivers. Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton. I mean, those are his top guys and Daniel Ballinger. But, you know, I just, I feel really optimistic about this game and I hope that everyone does too. Um, You know, when we played them last time, We kept Dalvin Cook to 64 yards. We were able to really slow down their run game, which is going to be huge in beating them again. Dalvin Cook had a little bit of an injury. It seems like it might have just been a minor laceration or something. You know, is it possible that if that gets irritated, it could bother him during the game if he takes a hit the wrong way? Absolutely. What we need to do, the problem that, you know, we've been seeing with a lot of these wide receivers is obviously without a Dory Jackson is, you know, guys like Jefferson and CJ Hawkinson just absolutely destroyed our secondary. Jefferson had 12 receptions for 133 yards and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson had 13 receptions for 109 yards and two touchdowns. So we, having a Dory back is going to make a huge difference, but from after what happened the first game and what happened, you know, what's happened in the last couple of weeks and getting Adoree back, we have to shut down Justin Jefferson. And I don't mean, you know, Adoree Jackson is not Jer Alexander. I know he's not going to fully shut him down, but just the fact, just having him back out on the field is going to make a huge difference. So I think that, you know, if we can slow down Jefferson Obviously, Adoree's going to be on him, and we're probably going to have Moreau on Hawkinson. You know, it's maybe not my favorite matchup, but I feel more confident going into this game than having those guys on each other. It's a more favorable matchup than it was the first time around. So I don't know. I just I just feel really good about this game. I, you know, obviously kind of stinks that it's away, but I think it's going to be great for the Giants. I think we can walk out of week one of the playoffs with a win. And that's something that no one would have ever said six months ago, four months ago, two months ago. The way that things have really turned around for this team is just amazing. And, you know, even if they end up losing, I just want to see them be competitive. I want to see them be in the mix like they were the first time around. I want to see them give Minnesota a run for the money. I want them to get in Kirk Cousins' face and scare the living shit out of him. And, you know, I just want to score some points. Let's just make it exciting. Make it fun. So, you know, why not make it a blowout? Like, make it even more fun, you know? <laughs> Let's see what they can do. But, uh, so... I- I feel like that kind of covers it for now. You know, we'll, um, I'll be back for a recap after the game sometime next week. But in the meantime, the Giants take on the Vikings in round one of the playoffs. And man, there is no better team that I would want them to play. So let's keep up our good energy. We are excited about this game. We feel optimistic about the Giants. I know that building has just got to be buzzing this week. And from what I have heard from beat writers and, you know, people who were at the game yesterday and they were in the building and they got to talk to the players after the game you know the players were not wildly disappointed in the loss they felt like they they matched up really well against an Eagles team who had a bad day or whatever they were doing but 
Um, you know, I think that this team is just rejuvenated. And when someone like Davis Webb scores his first touchdown and someone like Kenny Galladay, after two years of doing nothing, makes an incredible one-handed touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone, it's just enough, I think, to bring life to the team. We kept that momentum going for everyone who's so worried about the momentum. You know, I just... I just feel really good about it. So anyway, super exciting with the game coming up. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. It's called Everything New York Giants. You can find it on Apple and Spotify. If you like the podcast, please rate and review, share with a friend. And if you are on social media, you can find me at New York Giants Fangirl on TikTok and Instagram. Go Giants.